0: Good, ladies and gentlemen. It's your boy Five Mike's husband, father, educator, writer, and MC. The microphone gives me wings. You like that dramatic. See that 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 dramatic uh tone that I just took with you all just shows off my thespian angle. Thespian for you perverts. Um, but no, thank you so much for tuning in. Um whether you tune in through the website, the idea or if you found me on iTunes, wherever you're tuning in from, thank you so much for tuning in, but that's not the end. We want you to share, to comment, to rate, uh, to subscribe all of that stuff. So, um, but thank you for joining in. This is season two, episode 26, I believe. And, um, I've been wanting to have this conversation for a long time. Um, I've been sitting on it, but so many things have happened. And still, so many things are happening. You know, our country seems to be in disarray. Um, There's a whole bunch of stuff happening on TV and in hip-hop. And I kind of abandoned the hip-hop format that I had uh, last season where I would talk about, um, you know, the hip-hop moment. And I think I'm going to bring that back next week. So many people have asked whether email or just like, yo, I'm old. I don't know what's going on in hip-hop. Why did you stop giving those updates? I'm going to do that because I know some of you old heads and some of you fake old heads, um, you know, really need that and, and want to be relevant in that way. Um, but there's a lot going on, and like I said, there's this topic that I've been sitting on that actually I was introduced, we were introduced at church um, a couple weeks ago. And if you're not familiar, in Bowie, in, in Maryland, where I, I live in Bowie, Maryland, in Maryland, there's a church that my wife and I attend. It's called Zion Church. Pastor Battle is an excellent uh, pastor, leader, orator, role model, um, a, a motivator. Uh, and he's definitely blessed in, of course, you would imagine he would be, but he's definitely blessed. And just the way that he engages with his audience is very, very uh inspirational to me um you know so when i go to church when i if i watch it online or if i'm in the room you know i am listening to the message of course i'm following along with the scripture but i'm also uh i also admire the way that he engages the audience not in the traditional preacher you know sweat in a towel and (laughs) not in that way which he does sometimes but uh just the way that he engages the audience and knows the listeners and gives examples and how he uses the stage how he tells a story it's very very inspirational and uh i got to make sure i tell him that when i see him because telling him on this format he might not hear but in church a few weeks ago uh, he was talking about relationships as he as he normally does. And what I really enjoy about going to church, which is something I could say wholeheartedly without any like, well, you know, in the past, going to church was sometimes a task. It was a chore. And it always didn't feel, it always didn't seem to feed my soul the way I needed it to. Um, going to this church that we attend now, and I'm never the like, you know, Hey, you need to come to my church. Oh, uh, I'm an evangelist. Uh, you know, I'm a mi- missionary in that way. But going to the church, I really feel like he's speaking to me, he's speaking to the audience, he's speaking to the community and identifying the problems or the uh, the challenges, uh, the areas of improvement in uh, in our community. Uh, we know that relationships are the keys to healthy community, healthy children, healthy household you know biological health having healthy relationships is is the key to that so he oftentimes talks about relationships in a way that's rooted in the bible but also that's uh you know very everyday very normal you know things that we could all relate to and there was one sermon in particular where he was talking about relationships and um you know Areas that different couples go wrong, and he was using a story in the Bible. I won't go into those details, but it was one aspect of his sermon that hit me like a punch in the gut. And that piece was he talked about, you know, in relationships that feelings are more important than facts. Again, let me repeat that. In this context of what he was talking about in, you know, in relationships, he said that feelings were more important than facts, and so immediately in the sermon, after that swift kick in the stomach in the sternum, I uh, I felt guilty. Like I felt like overwhelmed and burdened with guilt because I'm as emotional and as sensitive as I am and as I can be, I think I told you before, like I'm very emotional, even though I don't emote as much as, uh, you know, as, as much as I want or as much as I should, I don't know, but I'm not very outwardly. Oh no, that's not true either. I don't know. Whatever I said is true. Um, but it hit me so hard because he said feelings are more important than facts in relationships how you make someone feel and how that person feels is more important than the facts that surround why or why you think they should or shouldn't feel that way understand so how of course you know if someone's talking to you you know a preacher or somebody that you trust a mentor counselor whatever and they tell you some truth of course you're personalizing and i'm like yo like i'm a facts guy when it comes to relationships like i'm a fact guy i'm a fact guy right i am all about you know in everyday life not even just in relationships i'm all about holding people responsible for you know what they said what they did like what words they use. I'm a semantic. Like, like if you you said, but you said though. You know what I'm saying? Like you said. And so I'm thinking about my relationship with my wife. I'm thinking about my relationships with colleagues, with friends. You know, I am a facts guy. As much feelings as I feel. Like I feel everything. Very sensitive to you know to uh to to that kind of thing. I'm I feel everything, but when it comes to you know how I connect and relate with others, I'm very much a fat guy. And the um the example that he gave in the sermon, if I can remember correctly, was basically something like, you know, a wife went to her husband and, you know, they were going to a cookout, let's say. I can't remember the specific example, but they were going to a cookout and you know the husband and wife were there and they're going and you know they're hanging out and you know when they get to the cookout the wife goes one direction the husband goes in another like wasn't anything just normal guys playing cards the, the wife's talking to you know whoever um and after the cookout you know the wife comes back home and t- tells the husband you know in her feelings all day and the husband like what's wrong with you what's going on and she was like basically you know we went to this cookout and i felt abandoned you didn't introduce me to anybody um and i felt like you abandoned me and, and that's you know that's that's a hard word to hear if you're a husband you feel like your wife abandoned you so i would imagine that that husband was like what what are you talking about so in this example he said that you know the husband was like but you know what you, I, when we came in like i introduced you i said hey it's my wife and i introduced you to everybody we went to the table and i introduced you to this person that person and the wife was like okay i get that but i still felt this way right so That hit home with me because I, I, not necessarily that same example, but there's been situations where my wife would tell me, like, I felt X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, there's no way. Like, what are you talking about? I did exactly what you asked me to do. You know what I'm saying? I felt that this, you know, whatever it is, whatever the example is, right? And husbands, we've been there. That's why it hit me so hard because I was like, yo. Yo. If I'm feeling this, that I know dudes all around the world are feeling like, yo, I can't do right by you because you said you wanted this, I gave you this, and you still feel like this. So, how did we process that? How did I... So, I'll tell you how I processed that, and I'll tell you how I'm still processing it. So, of course, you know, a lot of times you hear things in church, you hear things from somebody, trust, counselor, whoever, and you're automatically inclined to take that as truth so it's like boom well now feelings are more than facts like so in my mind i was like damn i'm failing like as a husband like maybe it's just like everything my whole world got flipped upside down because i thought that fact you know, I thought it was like, hey, I'm just holding you accountable for what you said. You said you wanted this. I gave you this. And now, so what? So I'm having this internal conflict. I was like, man, I have to be more in tune to the way that my wife feels, the, the way that your friends feel, whoever, people that are close to you, your mom, your dad, whoever it is that you have a connection with. In my mind, in that moment, I'm thinking like, man, all of this time I was leaning on fact and Maybe I just need to focus on feeling and making sure people feel good and, you know. But then, (laughs) and the reason why I've been sitting on this for so long is because I was like, nah. (laughs) I was like, it was just like, it kind of hit me throughout the time and I'm I'm processing it internally and I'm like, yeah, I mean, I, I understand feelings are important, but nah son no no it can't be that simple it can't be a universal rule that feelings are more than fact if that's the case if feelings always trump fact then how are we holding the people in our relationships the people that we have these connections with responsible for the things that they do and say doesn't that kind of let everybody off the hook if you could just say well i know i did this i know i said that but i just feel this way like that's not right at the fundamental level i know this is a fact right at the fundamental level you can't like you can't do that to people especially when you're an adult if you're a child or you're a teenager, or even if you're, you know, a young adult and you're still trying to figure things out, whatever, you're in college, you're run by emotion, you're run by hormones, whatever, whatever. All right, yeah, your feelings might, you know, be wavering and all over the place. But when you're in a relate, when you're in an adult to an adult relationship, feelings can't always be more important than fact. That. That's crazy. That's crazy. And as I further thought about this and unpacked this bag. it's uh, my watch going off. As I further unpacked this bag, it things started to become a little clear to me. Things started to become a little clear to me because uh, I started thinking about the relationships that I'm aware of. I started thinking about um, I started thinking about examples of marriage that I've seen relationships you know committed relationships I've seen over the years and I've always said this on this show I've always said this in conversation this is not a surprise in terms of how I feel about relationships but I often said in jest that marriage is a setup it's a marriage is set up to fail and people are like, "Ha ha! You funny? Are you crazy?" But I'm as much as I was joking. There was definitely some truth in how I processed that phrase. Marriage is a setup because there's these rules that you're supposed to abide by, right? There are these expectations that you have that that, that that your mate has of you that you have of your mate that your friends have of you because you're married that your children have from you if you have children and there's all these unstated unspoken you're just kind of supposed to know these expectations now the reason why i always said marriage was a setup because for men in particular we don't grow up wanting to be married again sometimes on this podcast i paint with a very broad brush so i know that there are some men that have wanted to be married since they were young but in general in terms of how we are socialized in western society whatever community black white asian latino whatever men boys aren't socialized to be in relationships let alone marriage Understand what I'm saying. So, when we're young, we don't paint pictures and draw in our diaries about our weddings. We don't talk about how many kids we want and how many, you know, what we want our wedding dresses to look like or our wedding tuxedos to look like. We don't paint our nails and look in the mirror and be like, oh man, I can't wait to get married like very stereotypically i understand like many women do as they're playing in their imaginary and you know during their imagination play as a young girl my wife told me that she had that she had a list of things she wanted to do i know my sisters did i know there are a lot of women in my life that did that i'm sure there are a couple men too but understand where i'm going with this so women are kind of socialized to be in this like to be in these relationships i think that their friendships and their connections growing up kind of prepare them for that men in my mind and why i think that sometimes marriage is a setup oftentimes aren't really thinking about marriage in that way in terms of this goal that they have to get to until it happens right so it happens you find someone you your head over heels and then you got to figure out how to relate with this person differently than everybody else in your life everybody that you interacted with in the past and so you know men which are again stereotypically i understand A lot of our schooling, a lot of the way that we interact with our boys, a lot of the way that we interact with our friendships growing up, even with platonic platonic relationships growing up, is all fact. It's all like, boom, uh, we're going to play this game and I'm better than you. I'm bigger than you in this competition. I run faster than you. uh, I'm smarter than you. I make better grades than you. I have a better job than you. I went to a better, not better college, but you know, these are the facts one two three four five and that's usually how our circles and how our relationships are formed they're either it's either by proximity how close we are to somebody like physically or like some sort of exchange or some sort of factual uh uh exchange um throughout our life from when we are children right so when we get into relationships I think where a lot of men struggle and I'm I'm, you know I've always shared myself where I struggled and where I think a lot of men struggle is that we always say that we want to marry our best friend we want to be with someone that we can not only love on a romantic level but love on a friend level and be best or close friends with and our relationships as men growing up The way that we treat our best friends Is probably not the way Stereotypically that you should Or That you should expect to treat A wife Again very stereotypically And I'm kind of talking myself through this as we go So In the history Of our relationships as men So much of our Interactions are on facts So much of our interaction Is on hey, you said this, you asked me to do this, I'm going to do this. You said this, so I'm going to do this. So much of interaction in a marriage is she didn't say this, but I'm still going to do this anyway. Or she did say this specifically, but I don't think she really meant that, so I'm going to do this instead. Um, and and that's the part where a lot of men just be like, yo, I don't know you. I don't understand you. I can't go on this emotional roller coaster with you. I can't, like, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, it's like it's like your wife is Ellen Iverson. She constantly trying to cross you up with these emotions. And you're just trying to play good defense. You're like, all right, all right, what, what do I got to do? Okay, I, I, I'm going to widen my stance because if AI is coming towards you with the ball, then you can't be standing straight up because he's going to break your ankles. You're going to fall over. All right, so you're going to go wide. What does AI do? He shoots a jump shot, and now you're not ready. You know what I'm saying? That's how I think a lot of guys interact within their marriage, and why it's a setup from the beginning, because we're like, look, we're looking, we're using our senses. Where you know we're being, we're trying to be sensitive. We're using our senses. Understand me? So we're looking at what you're saying. We're hearing what you're saying. Where you know where we're smelling what you're saying. But still, we end up striking out because I think oversimplifying it that a lot of us are just too simple. A lot of us are like, yo, you said you were hungry. I'm going to get you some food. Not you said you're hungry. That means you probably didn't eat during the day, which means you probably had a rough day, which means you probably need your feet rubbed. You know what I'm saying? Like you just said you were hungry. I got you some food. What are you talking about? Now you're saying your feet hurt. What is it? And then she's going to take it out on you because you didn't understand. You didn't read her. You know what I'm saying? Again, oversimplifying. So I think that my processing this over the past few weeks when i'm thinking of feelings versus facts feelings are more important than facts that's what pastor said but i don't know man because i feel as if again you hear me i feel i feel as if if you really think that feelings are more so than are more important than facts then that gives the person that with all the feeling the advantage right so if someone in your relationship is more sensitive whether it's justified or not they get quote-unquote an advantage an advantage is not like oh i'm winning or uh you know i i won five arguments you won two not that type of advantage but like that means that one person in the relationship is always gonna have to pander to the feelings of another whether they're valid or not that's not right that's not you can't a man i'm telling you this is for the men and the ladies out there a man cannot be in a relationship if he's always feeling as if he's sorry for something understand what i'm saying like this is this is major and i don't know i haven't seen in any other medium where men women children psychologists counselors talk about this if a man is in a constant state of apologizing or being apologetic or feeling the need that he needs to apologize because someone else is sensitive all the time, a man will not stay in that position. No one should stay in that position to be very honest. But men just aren't, uh, again, I, I, and I hate doing the whole like all men do this, but I, again, I'm, I'm simplifying for the betterment of this conversation. But I really believe that men are not to be in this constant state of, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, I, I was just, you know, I, I didn't understand. or That is a setup for disaster. That makes men feel weak. When men feel weak, they do things that don't make sense. They look for someone to make them strong. They look for something to make them strong. They look for an uh, uh, outside, uh, outside enhancement. If you're in your relationship and you always feel small, you always apologize, you're always trying to pander to someone else's feelings, making them feel good, and it's not being reciprocated, key, major key, if that's not being reciprocated, you're always in a point of, oh, uh, I didn't see that, I don't understand, I'm, I'm sorry, and someone else comes in and makes you feel like a king, or makes you feel like oh, man, come on, it it makes you feel the opposite, then that's going to be a lot more attractive than always feeling like a heel. So, the feelings versus facts. Feelings are more important than fact. I don't know. I don't think they are, honestly. I feel that as men in our relationships, it is our responsibility to hold people accountable for what they say, what they do, what their actions present. I think that that's just human nature. And I say it, it's the responsibility of men, but you know, it's somebody's responsibility in every relationship to hold people accountable. You said this, like if you wanted something else, then you have to trust in our relationship and trust in us that if you ask me, then I'm going to do it. If you don't know, if you don't know what you want. If you don't know what's going to make you happy in whatever situation it is, then how should I know? And a lot of people are like, well, you should know because you know me. Okay. So if I go out there on a limb and I try to do something, you know, just feeling my way in the dark. Well, you know, she didn't really tell me what she wanted, but you know, I'm going to try because I'm trying to do da, 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 da. And you go in there and you swing and miss, you can't get mad. You can't hold that against that person, can you? I mean, this is real. This is a real question. Can you hold that against somebody because you felt a certain way, you didn't tell them how you felt, so they make an attempt, they fail, and now you mad? Who you mad at? Me or yourself? You know what I'm saying? Like I always say that. Like, are you mad at me? Or you manic yourself for not being able to express what you wanted to do, X, Y, Z, or what you wanted to hear, what, you know, whatever it is, you know? So I, I present this quandrum, is quand is that the right word? I always mess up at least two words every podcast. I present this conundrum. I don't know. Quandary? Ah, okay. I present this situation to to all of you in your relationships. Whatever status your relationship is if it's committed if it's uncommitted if if you're married whatever it is i present that to you to really think about it and talk about it you know are feelings more important than facts in your current relationship should it be that way uh is the is it something where one person is all facts and no feeling one person is all feelings and no facts um when you start your marriage, ladies, you have to understand where your husband is coming from. Fellas, you have to understand where your lady is coming from. And she's very sensitive and very feelings-based. And you understand that you might have to shift gears to be a little bit more sensitive. Ladies, you know, your man, if he's analytical and he's very specific about details, then your feelings, he might not even understand how to interpret that language that's a completely different language and this whole balance in this you know balancing act of feelings versus fact considering what the pastor said that feelings are more important than fact if your relationship is operating in that way then most likely your husband is miserable most likely your husband is resentful And most likely, your husband has no clue of what's going on. No clue that he is striking out. So at some point in time, man, you got to come to the middle and understand that for some women, feelings are very important. And women, you got to sometimes come to the middle and understand that you have to be responsible for what you say and do and specifically what you request and what you ask for. So that's my, uh, my time is up. I wanted to just, I, I, I've, I've been having that message and that conundrum. Is that it? Uh, on my mind for a few weeks, but thank you so much for listening and tuning in. This is five mics. This is the idea of manhood, uh, season two episode, some or another. Uh, Please rate, comment, share, spread the word, uh, and all that. I'll holler at y'all later. Peace. One, yourself, because I can't. Two.